So we're here today with uh, Frankwa Bartovat, a uh, professor of mechanical engineering, uh, specifically in materials, mechanics and materials, and biomedical fields at the University of Colorado Boulder. We're here today to talk about his research into fish fins and their possible applications in mechanics. Uh, so thank you for coming to talk with us today. My pleasure. Uh, so why did you start studying fish fins specifically? Ah, okay, so it's a, it's a bit of a long story, but I'll try to make it short. We've been uh, fascinated uh, with the biological materials for a long time. Uh, we worked on seashells. We spent a lot of time on fish scales, actually, uh, as inspiration for protective uh, materials and, and systems. And then uh, more recently, we, after so long working with fish, fresh fish in the lab, on the dissection table, we noticed the fins that were also quite intriguing. Um, so at first we thought they were just like strong uh, and stiff uh, appendage of the, for the fish to swim, but we did a bit of reading and experiments on these materials. And then we realized that they were actually much more sophisticated. And so that the fish could actually um, uh, change the shape of the fin at will using muscles at the base of the fin. So the fins themselves don't contain any muscles, but uh, the fish can actually change the shape of the fin with muscles which are inside the body of the, the, uh, the fish, essentially. So um, that really got us um, uh, intrigued. And then uh, at the same time, I wanted to, for other related projects, I was starting to be very interested in materials that can change shape. Uh, so we call this morphing in engineering, morphing materials. So these are materials that can undergo pretty radical shape change under mechanical excitation or thermal excitation. And um, so um, that's what got us even more excited to look at these natural systems of fish fins. So for how long have you been studying these fins? Uh, I would say about uh, maybe two, two or three years. Uh, which on the, uh, uh, it's not not very long. We've been working on other type of materials for much longer. So for us, it's uh, it's one of our newer, newest uh, projects, I would say. So you mentioned earlier that when you were looking at the scales, you were looking at them by dissecting fish. Uh, are you doing that uh, for the fins as well? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. so we... Uh, we like to work on, a, we, we don't get anything that I would call fancy. We essentially go to fish market and get the entire fish. Um, sometimes a bit difficult because uh, for scales, for example, it was hard because the, the scales are so tough. We were interested in the toughness of the scales essentially, but they're so tough that uh, at the fish market, they would remove them. You just cannot eat them, right? So the first thing they do when you buy the whole fish is they remove the scales. So we have to insist that they leave the scales. And the same thing for fins. So, so fins are actually extremely tough uh, materials. And so typically they would uh, cut them off or uh, damage them as they handle the fish. So we have to be a bit careful when we buy this fish. But yeah, we do, we do buy uh, regular fish like uh, rainbow trout, or we've been working with striped bass or Atlantic salmon. And then we do have, a, once we have the fish, we do dissection in our own lab right? to remove the fins and to, to kind of cut it down into the pieces we like to test. So are you specifically looking at those species for this research, or are you open to um, examining any species of fish? Right, so we are, for now, we are interested in... Um, just a handful of 
species which are quite common. Um, I mentioned trout, right? rainbow trout, Atlantic salmon. Um, uh, we're still at the point where we're trying to understand the some of intricacies of the mechanics of the system. And uh, for now, we're still focusing on these two uh, species. Uh, our longer term plan is to look at other types of fish which are a bit more exotic. So these you won't find at the fish market, but we're talking about fish that maybe use their fins to move the sand around at the bottom of the sea. Uh, we're talking about fish that actually use the fin to leave water and almost walk on land, right? So there's a lot of um, uh, uh, fish use their fins not only to swim, but to do quite uh, unexpected things sometimes. So we suspect that the mechanics of this, those types of fins is, could be quite different from what you see in uh, rainbow trout or, or salmon. So you're also kind of saying, are there differences that you're seeing in the structures uh, based on the use? Um... Well, we, are, we, haven't, uh, we haven't done that yet. We suspect there will be some, um, the functions can be quite different. And so in, uh, in general, in biology, if the function is different, then the structure is, will be different and mechanics may be different also. Um, what we've seen so far, just by looking at the, the, those fish that use the fin just to swim is uh, some pretty universal uh, construction rules that the, these fins are based on. And um, uh, doesn't mean that they are like trivial rules. We're still trying to understand them, but the, the type of structure we've seen in those different species of fish was quite similar to one another, actually. So in your article for the conversation, uh, you describe a lot of the segmented bones and the segmented cartilage uh, that makes up these fins. So uh, just to give an overview, what makes fish fins so mechanically interesting? Okay, so let me, uh, I need to tell you a bit of background. Um, uh, going back to the, what we call morphing material in engineering. Uh, so you can appreciate how, Fish fins are kind of special related to in relation to what we know as engineers. So if you want to make materials that change shape, you basically have two categories. You can work with very floppy material like rubber-like material or hydrogel. Uh, so these are very easy to deform. And typically when you morph this material using either temperature or chemistry or electricity, then you're going to get some fairly large uh, change of shape. But the issue with those materials is that because they're so soft, they cannot, uh, once you change the shape of the material, if then you decide to put some pressure on the material from outside, you may just collapse the material because it's so soft, just like a piece of rubber. Right? Um, on the other extreme of the spectrum, you have materials that people use in aerospace for some applications where you have um, carbon fiber reinforced uh, materials or sandwich materials or honeycombs that uh, people can actuate a little bit. So you can achieve with, with uh, special actuators, you can change the shape of these materials. But because these materials are so stiff, um, you only get a tiny change of shape, okay? And of course, the, the material is stiff, so you can make, a, you can make a, an airplane wing with it and you'll be able to, the material will be able to carry a pretty high uh, aerodynamic forces without collapsing. But the, the issue with those is that the morphing amplitude, again, is quite small, okay? Now, if you go back to fish fins, what's interesting is you get the best of both, both worlds with the fish fin. You get the material that the fish can um, 
actuate to very large amplitude. So you get very radical and very dr dramatic change of shape for the fins. Yet the fin itself, even after you change the shape, the fin is stiff enough that you can push water without collapsing. Right. So that's uh, that's what makes uh, fish fins so so interesting to us and so different from uh, what we know from from uh, the engineering point of view. Would you consider the fish fins or fish fin based designs the best way to interact with water? Uh, I mean, uh, it's it's a it's a bit of a tricky tricky question, right? Because um, I don't think there's any a good answer for this because if you it's certainly one of the one of the best ways possibly to swim underwater is using fins because the the fish the modern fish we see today in the ocean they 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 they, they all use this type of uh, fish fin this red fish fin especially and um, uh, they're really prevalent in the in the in the natural world in the uh, in the oceans. Um, but they, it's not the only way to move around, right? If you think of um, octopus, for example, or the uh, squids, they they use a totally different strategy, right, to move around in the water. So, and they're very successful too, right? So, there's no, I wouldn't say, uh, I wouldn't say it's the best, uh, there's the best way to move around in the water, but it's 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 pretty good, and it's been around for for a long, long time. So, uh, it's very efficient. All right. And with, um, and you mentioned some of those other ways, for example, squids and octopus uh, and how they uh, move around. Um, what do you say those are just as good as fish fins? Uh, I'm not sure they are good for to do the, it's, it's very hard to compare, like I said, right? Because the, the, you have to consider the environment, right? Of the, of the animal, you have to consider what kind of predation they have to they have to endure right in the everyday life uh, so um I, yeah it's hard to say really uh what i what i can tell you is that the the, the fins are extremely efficient to for fast acceleration braking and fast maneuvering like uh, you can turn on a dime essentially uh very fast um and that combination maybe you cannot achieve if you're a squid right because it's more like a, almost much more unidirectional right um so I, I think it's it's doing an extremely good job but again it's hard to when you start to comparing how different species of animals uh, move underwater then it's very hard to say which is the best right you can say one is faster than the other sure but then maybe the ones with, which is faster as a trouble breaking or turning fast so there's lots of factors at play there so with uh, back to the fish fins so in your article in the conversation you also mentioned uh future uses for fish fins as a basis for materials uh what do you want what do you believe the um the ideal application of those fish fins would be um how would you want to see those technologies applied you mentioned aerospace wings for uh one example right so aerospace would be one of them there's a big uh, demand for morphing material in aerospace. So materials which, again, not only can uh, change shape. Um, so the, to put things in context, context, if you if you can could make an airplane that can 
change the shape of the wing just like a bird does change the shape of the wings right you, you would have uh, you wouldn't need the uh, airports almost you could have airplanes landing in your backyard um, you could you would, in terms of energy saving that would be much more beneficial if you could change the the shape of the wing um, depending on your speed or depending on your altitude so there's a big demand for this but then uh, the, of course you want to more change the shape and achieve a higher stiffness of the structure, right? So that you, the the wing just don't collapse uh, as you you try to take off or or just fly. So aerospace is one of them. Another natural application is for underwater uh, propulsion, just like the fish, right? Um, so submarine propulsion and underwater drones propulsion, um, um, underwater exploration type of things. Uh, there's been already some prototypes of a of a underwater robots that actually look like fish that were designed to to swim and behaves a bit like fish so they could move around with other groups of real fish to actually spy on them and learn how they why they move this way and to learn about their feeding habits and behavior um, so it's out there the materials used for the fin is not as sophisticated i would say so far as what we see in nature but we think that we are with the what we found recently on natural fish fin, we can make uh, better designs for these uh, robotic fins. Um, other applications, we're thinking on uh, um, robotics, micro robotics. So these are like, um, uh, for example, example tools that people use in uh, neurosurgery. For example, these are extremely small tools. Um, uh, that are difficult to guide and uh, it's difficult to handle uh, very small chunks of tissues. Sometimes you have hard tissues, sometimes you have soft tissues. To, and so what we're hoping to, to develop is a, a micro-robotic tool that can actually be very stiff to handle some a type of tissue. And then if you have a type of tissue that is either much softer or much harder, uh, then you can actually adapt the shape of your tool and the stiffness of your tool even by using um, uh, technology and mechanisms that is directly inspired from fish feeds. Uh, you mentioned a little bit ago the stiffness needed with aerospace wings. Uh, but you cut out for a second. Can you just repeat right. that point for us real quick? Sure, yeah. So the, the you want me to start from the to tell the whole story of morphing material for aerospace? Uh, no, just uh, you mentioned just that you also need the stiffness in the wings uh, when. Um... So to put things in context, you 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 need um, um, uh, uh, in aerospace. There's a big demand for materials that can morph, so change the shape of the wing. That has lots of advantage in terms of um, energy saving and to make planes more uh, maneuverable. Um, uh, at the same time, you want the, the, these, these wings to be able to morph, but at the same time, you want them to be stiff enough so that when you actually uh, try to fly with those wings, the wings won't just collapse from the aerodynamic forces. Okay, got it. Thank you. So what are you still trying to determine with this research? As you mentioned earlier, it's still very early on in comparison to other projects. Um, and in your article in the conversation, you also mentioned that one of the things you're studying is collagen uh, when those fins are bent all the way out and um, and it's their maximum range. Uh, can you describe a little more of some of what you're still working on discovering, some of what you've still yet to unearth? Sure, yeah. So the, 
uh, when we look at uh, in general in engineering mechanical engineering or material design uh, the first step that we like to do is to to look at the materials at small deformation that means the deformation is so small that uh, everything is proportional to something else essentially so you can think of it as a spring the force is proportional to extension so if you take a any engineering system within the range of very small deformation, you get this very nice linear behavior, which simplifies everything in terms of modeling and our understanding. Everything gets uh, very simple, much simpler in that range. If you look at uh, uh, movies of a fish swimming, you will see that uh, the range of deformation for the fins is huge. It goes way beyond that uh, that range of small deformation right and then in, in terms of mechanics as soon as you deviate from this small deformation everything gets non-linear and much more complex but also much richer and more interesting and uh, some of the things that you may understand for small deformation may be quite different at large deformations so our next step now what we're doing is to try to understand um, the large deformation, especially the large morphing deformation of the ray uh, of the uh, of within the fins of this fish, and um, um, we know that uh, uh, these large deformations are made possible by uh, the tissues that the, the these uh, fins are made of, and uh, in these tissues you find a lot of collagen fibers, just like you you find in uh, in tendons or ligaments, and um, so we're, we're very interested, interested to, to see how these uh, collagen fibers are oriented within the ray and uh, how they govern this uh, very large range of deformations. What would you say is going to be the next step for your research? Um, I think we would really like to uh, produce um, uh, a, a family of prototypes that can be used in different applications. So far, we are synthetic, uh, like bio-inspired rays have been uh, um, 3D printed, but it's essentially just a small beam that we managed to actuate and uh, to actually demonstrate the effect of segmentation on the on the performance of the of these beams. But um, we'd really like to extend this to, like I said, aerospace materials or robotic tools and um to be able to actually make prototypes that demonstrates these capabilities so we already have the models computer models for this so we know it's possible uh, models are very useful to understand these mechanisms and also to to optimize the designs of the bio-inspired systems uh, but uh, to really uh, get people excited for actual applications you really need uh, prototypes so that's our next step is to make a family of different prototypes that are useful for they would be made of different materials at different length scales and uh, they would all be broadly based on the mechanics of fish fin but then they they would uh, they would um, explore um, a, a broad variety of applications uh, so just out of curiosity are you going to be making like physical prototypes or are you going to be doing 3d models uh, what's the prototyping process look like yeah, what we say when we call what we call prototype is uh, an actual physical model, right? An actual physical object that you can, uh, whether it's uh, something that looks like a beam or maybe um, uh, elements of micro robotic devices or or uh, some kind of panel that 
could uh, you could in, incorporate into a wing uh, to actually show how you can maybe bend that panel or twist that panel using using this kind of uh, fish-like mechanism. So yeah, that's pretty much uh, what I mean by this here, prototype some kind of physical model. Uh, so it doesn't have to be 3D printed, right? We are also open to other kinds of fabrication techniques. Uh, and then uh, we're also open to many different materials. So the, we don't want necessarily to use the same material as the fish, which is basically bone and, and collagen, right? So that's the, the beauty of uh, bio-inspiration coming from that we can we can choose whichever material we like. And uh, in fact, a lot of, uh, from our, our experience as uh, researchers in this area, the final product, which is bio-inspired, sometimes looks quite different from the, from the natural original. You, you wouldn't, in some cases, you wouldn't be able to say that this, this or that material or structure was inspired from, from a fish scale or a seashell. All right, that sounds good. And just to confirm, uh, just before you said, um... You cut out a bit just before you said, uh, I believe it was, you said one of the beauties of engineering is that you can choose your own material. Um, is that what, uh, just confirm, is that Yes, so, yeah. Yeah, that's what I, I can repeat that if you want. Uh, yes, please. Okay, so so the, the beauty of the uh, bio-inspiration from, as engineers is that we can, we don't have to use the same materials as the, the fish, right? So the fish fins are made of bone and collagen, but <clears throat> we can uh, uh, try to duplicate and copy some of the mechanisms within the natural fish fin, but we don't have to use the same materials. So we can use um, composite materials, advanced polymers, uh, different types of engineering materials. Perfect, thank you so much. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say to our audience right now? Okay. Anything else you'd like to leave as a last note? Well, I would say uh, uh, it's look. If you're interested in bioinspiration, biomimetics, yeah, there's lots of resources to read around. So you lots of <coughs> um, documentaries or short programs on YouTube, and so it's so it's a very exciting field of research, I think, and not only for materials development, but also electronics, optics, chemistry. So if you have any interest in engineering and biology, you will see that it's very active area of research. So I would encourage people to read more and watch more about it. Professor Buckler, uh, thank you for coming to talk with us today. Yeah, my pleasure, yeah.